uh, mothers have a, a big impact uh, in our life and who we become. And uh, so it's uh, important that we take time to um, let them know that uh, and reflect that. And uh, Moms have somewhat, sometimes unrealized influence on their kids. I uh, read a story of a time of a, a lady she made roast. Uh, it was her mom's specialty, and her husband loved roast, and so she made roast, but she did something very odd. She would always take the roast, and she'd cut the very end of it off. She'd slice it off. And her mother did that, so she did it too. Well, it came that the husband finally wanted to, he, his curiosity, and you know, got the best of him. And you know what they say about curiosity. Uh, but she, he said, darling, your roast is good. Why do you always cut the end of it off? I don't know. Mom always did it. Well, why did she do it? I don't know. So he called up his mother-in-law and says, you know, chit-chatted. He said, Mom, I want to ask you something. You know, your daughter cooks roast and she does it good just like you do. Uh, and in fact, she cuts the end off it like you usually do. Why do you do that? She said, well, I, when I get a roast, it's usually for a big, when y'all are coming, so it's a big roast. And I didn't have a pan big enough. And so I had to cut the end of it off so it fit. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a, just a hilarious little example. Uh, our kids emulate their, their mothers. And uh, probably all of us, at various times and various stages in their life, you know, you grow up, uh, you adore your mom, uh, you know, through the toddler years and elementary, and then when you get to be a teenager, your mom doesn't know nothing, and she's the dumbest person on earth, uh, you know, and dad's right behind her. Uh, but then you get in your 20s or 30s, and you have kids of your own. And invariably, something comes out of your mouth. And you ask, when did I become my mother? That, that it, it invariably happens to, to all parents. And all of us as adults, uh, there, there's things that our parents had uh, influence on us uh, growing up, whether we wanted them to or not. Uh, and so they, they've had great influence. And so uh, Paul addresses the, the question of influence uh, today in the scriptures that we're going to look at. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn there with me, or it'll be on the screen uh, for you. We're going to read all 21 verses of chapter 4 uh, this morning. Paul says in verse 1, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all of these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. 
For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all that you want. Already you've become rich. Without us, you've become kings, and would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles uh, as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong, and you are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst, and we are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become, and are still, like the scum of the earth, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. The kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with with love in a spirit of gentleness? And so Paul writes uh, this letter to the church at Corinth, which was a a church that was fairly young, a church that Paul started. He planted this church on one of his missionary journeys and spent a lot of time in Corinth, so he knew and loved the people. And uh, he writes to address some errors that had popped up in the church and to remind them that it's living in the kingdom of God is different than living in, in this world. And so he starts out in verse 1 of chapter 4 by asking this question, how, how should you think of me? And then he expands and tells them how they should see him. And then toward the end he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So he said, follow me, in other words. He said, you know what, you see the example of how a godly person is supposed to live by watching other godly people. The book of Proverbs in Proverbs 31 talks a lot about wisdom and the importance and the worth of a godly woman. And we certainly are uh, mindful of that today on this Mother's Day. And we do, as I already mentioned, uh, take after our mothers Uh, in certain ways, and that our mothers have profound influence uh, on our life. And so Paul, as he writes to this church, asks this question, how are you to think? How are you to live? 
Remember, it said in chapter 3, and if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and catch the sermon or, or read that chapter. He says, listen, it's not about being divided, and it's not about the things of this world. It's about Christ. And so now he says, well, how do we do that? So he was kind of chastising them uh, in chapter 3 and then gives them the answer to solve that problem um, and then gets a, a jab or two at him too, tongue-in-cheek here. Um, but the first thing that I want us to see as we look at this chapter and try to answer the question, how do I be an example of God so that those that are watching me turn out right? And so the first thing that I want to suggest is that we have to imitate the service. Notice what Paul said. This is how you should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. One of the most important responsibilities that parents in general, mothers and fathers, both have is to train their children in the ways of God. And by the way, let me remind you, if you don't train your children in how to follow Jesus, the world will show them how to avoid it and run away from it. And so you have that responsibility. And so he says, you know what? You should regard us as servants of Christ. Uh, and he reminds us, listen, stewards, they have to be faithful. And so he said, and you know what? It's not really that you think I'm faithful. He says, not even that I think I'm faithful. What matters is if God finds me faithful. If God has found that I have served him with my life. And if I've shared and been a good steward, a steward is somebody that go, op, uh, you know, manages something for someone else. And the mysteries of God are not ours, but God gives them to us to entrust them to us to use them and to grow in them and to live in them. And so he says, you know what? It's God that, that's going to judge me and uh, the Lord, when he comes, the things that are hidden are going to be made known and the things that are in darkness are going to be made light and so paul wants us to understand you know and he, he mentions apollos here again he was a leader in the church at corinth a, a team member of paul's and so he said listen it's not that you put us on a pedestal in fact he said if you put anybody on a pedestal it better be jesus because he's the only one worthy of you looking up to and, and to worshiping and bowing down before. But when Jesus Christ has come into your life and changed you like he has me, Paul says, you live differently. Nobody has to teach us as human beings to be selfish. It comes pretty natural. We are prone to take care of ourselves first. God says, you know what, if you're going to be a child of God, then you don't see yourself as being the center of the universe. We all probably know some folks that think the sun doesn't get up until they do. Uh, hopefully you're not one of those people. But the most important person in the world is not you. And it's not your children. And it's not your spouse. 
the most important person in your life should be Jesus Christ. Now that doesn't mean that your parents and your spouse and your children aren't important. They are. And in fact, if you're following God, they better be very, very important. But friend, they better not be more important than Jesus Christ and your relationship with Him. And one of the most important examples that mothers and all of us are called on to give is an example of service. There are a lot of children in this world that have taken selfishness to a new level. And the reason is, is their parents have not taught them it's not about them. And they get into the world, and they get a very rude awakening when they find out the world doesn't revolve around them. And they don't always get their way. And it causes a lot of problems sometimes. And so Paul says, you know what? It is so important that you imitate service. And by the way, Jesus demonstrated that supremely, didn't he? Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, in John chapter 13, uh, as his disciples were in the upper room celebrating the Passover, you remember, he got up, took off his outer coat, got a towel and a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet. And after he had done all of that, he sat with his disciples and he said, You call me your Lord and Master, and you say right, because that's who I am. And then he says this. He said, if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so you ought to wash one another's feet. In other words, he said, listen, and and Jesus taught it several ways throughout the gospel, the way to greatness in the kingdom of God, is to become less. That's opposite of the way the world thinks. And that's exactly the point. Children of God are to be known as servants. And servant was not any more of a politically correct or thing to be aspired to in the first century any more than it is today. We somewhat think of that word servant or service somehow lower than us. And yet Jesus said, if you're going to follow after me, you need to be a servant. Mothers are oftentimes good examples of that. Mothers that attend events of children and you know work to provide for their children and make sacrifices for their children all of that is showing your children love and service when you serve others and most importantly when you serve Christ parents do not be surprised if you do not make serving the Lord a priority in your life when your children do not. If they don't see it in your example, chances are pretty good that they're better than not. That they're not going to serve the Lord. If you don't set 
that example for them. And there are exceptions, of course. But don't be surprised if you make church optional and occasional when your children do the same thing. But then Paul, it doesn't, he doesn't stop with uh, you know, calling people and challenging them to be servants. That's bad enough. But it, it gets deeper. The second thing, not only imitate the service, but he said imitate the scum. Now, scum is not, what we, we're not talking about scum of the earth, you know, not talking about bad people. What he was talking about was trash, it's dirty things. Things that are unimportant, things that are leftovers, things that people don't take time to even bend over to pick up when they see it on the ground. Think about the scum on the sink after you, know, you dish it in you know, the, the yucky part. Nobody wants to be that. Why on earth does Paul tell us that we're to imitate the scum? In fact, he says, you know, and reckon yourself as, it, it says trash, as refuse. What on earth is he talking about? Well, he's not saying that we should be scummy or that we should, you know, be dirt or, you know, be underhand. What he's saying is that we should become the least. So that others are served. That needs are met. So what he's saying, and he goes on, and he tells, so he, said, he reminds us, he says, listen, you know what? Yes, yeah, sometimes we're taken advantage of. And so we work hard, you know, we hunger and thirst sometimes. We don't have the nicest clothes. We're homeless, um, we're working with our, when we're, he said in verse 12, when we're reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure. When we're slandered, we entreat. In other words, when people say bad things about us, we don't turn around and throw mud back at them. So he says, you know, in doing that, we've become like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. He says, I don't write these that you might feel bad about yourselves, but to admonish you, to encourage you. If you are serving God and you're working for Him and you're serving Him and you're stewarding the the mysteries of God the way you should be, people will say stuff about you. There may be false accusations that people throw at you. There may be things people say about you. They may call you names. Remember what Jesus said, Blessed are you who are cursed for my name's sake. So he says, listen, you know what? You understand that there's suffering and hard things in life. And you take those hard things in life and you use them to glorify Christ. Can I tell you that, you know, God wants us to understand it's not about us. And it's not about our wishes and it's not about our desires. It's not about the things that we can accomplish. It's about Christ. And so he says, you become less. 
And in fact, you get your hands dirty serving the Lord. And listen, ministry is messy. And interacting with people who are lost and even interacting with other Christians is sometimes messy. Because the reality is none of us have it all together. We're all hanging on by threads, and those threads are the grace of Jesus Christ. And without him, we'd all be in a heap of trouble, quite literally. And so Paul admonishes us and encourages us. He said, listen, endure all those things for the sake of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing, when people look at you and they mistreat you, and they call you names, and you don't act like the world does. You watch on you look at politics as a perfect example. You know, politicians, especially in this years like this, that's an election year. One will, you know, throw some dirt at their opponent. What does their opponent do? They find some dirt on their opponent and throw it right back at them. In fact, they try to find some bigger piles of mud to throw at. Them. And Paul is saying, don't be like that. And this is what Paul's point is. When people take mud and they throw it at you, and you don't throw back, they notice that. And when they say hurtful things to you, and you bless them, and you pray for them, they notice that. They say, you know what, what is it about that guy? What is it about that lady? Why is she so different? Why didn't she call me names like I called her names? And this is the point of it all. He says, listen, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ showed us what it was like to be rejected. If you think you've been rejected, you haven't. Anything like what Jesus endured. And he endured it for you. And for me. And for all the whosoever's in the world. He endured that. He endured that agony. He endured people turning their backs on him. His family. His townspeople rejected him. And yet he endured. And yet he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And so he's not saying be bad or become trashy. What he's saying is take every opportunity to serve Christ. And when people mistreat you, bring good out of it. Point them to Christ. exactly what Jesus did. And that brings us back to the point of it all. Is imitate the Son. And Paul says, imitate me. He's saying, really, as I am following Jesus, you follow Jesus following me. In other words, I want to show you how to follow Jesus. 
And it's not by slinging mud. It's not by being wealthy. It's not by accumulating stuff. It's not about having a, your names in lights. It's not even about people knowing who you are. He said what's most important is that people know Jesus because they know you. And so Paul said, I came to you, I lived among you, I planted the church, I preached uh, God's word to you, I taught you and showed you how to be a good Christian by following Jesus. And by the way, moms and all of us, you'll teach others how to follow Jesus by following Jesus. And so thinking about Jesus and how he fits into this passage, Paul said, you know what, listen. So there's some people that are puffed up and arrogant thinking, hey, I'm not coming back. And that they can get away with the, the errors that they're trying to, to do in a spouse. But I'm coming back, if the Lord wills. And he asked this question, would you rather I come back in love or would you rather I come back with a beaten stick? He said, the power is not in words. The power is in action. And those that find themselves arrogant and want to lift themselves up and think they're above serving others and, uh, on and, on, and you know, that want to make themselves leaders, Paul says, you know what? They're going to be found out because the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, they talked a good talk. But that's all they did. But Jesus shows us love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord would not uh, perish but have everlasting life. We see through this 21 verses, Jesus, uh, Paul challenging us to imitate, to embody the mercy of Christ. That Christ endured great suffering and great humiliation and made a great sacrifice. But it was His mercy that really dealt with folks. And it was His mercy that Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for what they don't know what they're doing. And the Gospels record for us one of the soldiers that stood and they heard Jesus utter those words before He died. Turned and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. In other words, He said, You know what? He was who He said He was or He wouldn't have done that. And then lastly, we find Paul's challenge to imitate Jesus' power. It took tremendous power to restrain himself. He was God after all. He could have wiped all those people out that were reviling him and persecuting him. and Those that nailed him to that cross, he could have just vaporized them. But he didn't. 
that took a lot of power and strength. I think if somebody was doing that to and I had the power to undo them, I would. And yet Jesus didn't. And in fact, Jesus showed this power when he gave up the ghost and they laid him in the borrowed tomb. But he didn't stay dead. He on the third day rose again. We celebrated that a few weeks ago at Easter. God, through Jesus Christ, shows us he is all-powerful. And so Paul's challenge is that as you imitate Christ, you should see, and others around you should see, the power of God at work in your life. They should see God doing things in your life that can only be explained by God doing it, not you doing it. And so that's what Paul was meaning. We said, you know what? Power is not what you think it is sometimes. Power will come in actions, not in talk, but in doing something about it. So he says, do you want me to come with a rod or with the spirit of gentleness? Paul saw himself as the father of this church. He felt he was responsible uh, for the people of this church and said, listen, you're not behaving right. You better get it right by imitating these three things or when I come back again, it's not going to be good news for you. And so as we wrap up this morning, we ask ourselves the question, how can we do it? How can we be an example for God? Because your children need to see what it is to follow Jesus. The other children that are not yours in this church need to see Jesus in your life. And the grown-up children that sit next to you and behind you and around you need to see Jesus being reflected in your life. So how do we do that? We serve. We understand that this world's ways are not God's ways. And the way to greatness in God's kingdom is not lying, cheating, stabbing, making a lot of money, having shiny stuff, but rather it's in humbling ourselves and serving others. It's about being willing to endure and to get dirty serving Christ. And get involved in, you know, with people that are hurting. It means enduring being called names. It means maybe not having something you think you deserve. For the sake of Christ. And then ultimately, it's about following Jesus. And being like him. Your goal and my goal ought to be every day to be more like Jesus than we were yesterday. And listen, as you walk with Jesus, he's constantly working on you. And listen, the more you walk with him, the more you ought to look like him. And act like him. And talk like him. And do the things that he did. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to raise dead people and, you know, turn water into wine and all that kind of stuff. 
But if you're following Jesus and you're doing the work that Jesus did, you're serving others and you're showing mercy and you're extending grace. You're making friends to people that no one else wants to be friends with. You're looking out for the interest and the benefit of others. And so we close with this question of retrospection, perhaps. Moms and the rest of us, what are you imitating? When people look at you, what do they see? Do they see Jesus? Then it's not that's a good job. Keep it up. If you say you'd have to say, you know what, preacher? Honestly, if they looked at me, they wouldn't see much Jesus. They'd see a lot of me, and they'd see a lot of the things of this world. And if that's you, God says, you know what, you need to change that example. Now, here's the most powerful example of what it means to follow Jesus when a life is changed. When God transforms our life in such a way that you can say, as John Newton once did in that great hymn, Amazing Grace, he said, you know what, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Your greatest example and your greatest testimony is to be able to say, you know what, Jesus came into my life and I'm not what I used to be. And he, here's the example, if Jesus can clean me up and Jesus can save me and Jesus can transform my life, listen, that's a testament that if he can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. And that ought to be an encouragement to us. And also a challenge. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your word. And we thank you for how it challenges us. And Lord, Paul has challenged us today to be careful of what we imitate. And Lord, if there's one here today, they've never trusted in you. They don't have a relationship with you. They've never received that gift. Today, would you help them today to make this Mother's Day 2022 be the day that they came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? But Lord, there are many here today that are saved. They're a child of God. And Lord, we've asked this question, what kind of example am I being? And Lord, in the stillness of this hour, as the music plays and as we'll sing in just a moment, maybe you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there's things in there that need to come out, Lord, help us to surrender them to you. Lord, maybe our pride has been keeping us from doing something you've asked us to do. Help us to surrender that today. Maybe our selfish desires, maybe our fear has been keeping us from doing your will and serving the way you've asked us to serve. Lord, help us to follow your example in love and in mercy and in power. God, work in our lives. Not so that we can be puffed up and arrogant, but rather so we can tell others, look at what God has done. And if God can do it for me, He can do it for you too. So help us, we pray, to be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together and let's sing this hymn of invitation if God spoke to your heart. Let's, let's sing a little chorus this morning.
respond to God while he's speaking to you. Seth. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily